You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you've obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. Monday night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to week seven of the Wingfoot Locks, brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. We are here for another exciting week. Greg, I, I have to start here. The Wingfoot Lock of the Week, after starting the season a perfect 5-0, and has fallen. And I know we were talking about Chris Portente last week. We said the guy was like Matt Damon... In Goodwill Hunting, going up to the board, solving the problem. And so, Chris, we start the podcast today with a message for you. You see this? Holy shit. This is not your fault. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. Hmm? I know. It's not your fault. Correct. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me, all right? Don't fuck with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. Greg said it was getting awkward. I don't, what's awkward about some, a man just showing some emotion? I, I don't see what's awkward about that. Chris, it's not your fault, man. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were having a discussion, right? Uh, a friendly discussion in via text message on the night of, uh, the day of. And Greg, why don't you tell the viewers or the listeners about the text message that you sent to Chris early on and, and his response? I mean, simply, you shouldn't bet against the Eagles, but uh, apparently I have magical texting powers, of which I do apologize, uh, but uh, uh, apparently I, I prematurely <laughs> celebrated his pick because my birds were putting up a uh, not such a good effort. What was it, 17 nothing when I... When I sent my correspondence, yes, and nice, nice selection. It was, it was nice pick. Nice pick is what you said. And then this is what. What an asshole! Seriously, well, what, what kind of a dick? Uh, can, you know. Well, this is what Chris had to say well, to you. This is what he said. Five minutes in the lead. Come on, we've been mushed. That's it. Chris Porcentente said we'd been mushed. Right off the bat, as soon as he saw it, and uh, and and he he wasn't a big fan of it. Um, for the record, I, I don't believe we were mushed. Uh, I believe that the uh, Baltimore Ravens, 
you know, let up a little bit. I think we had an interception that would have iced the game, and they thought the game ended a little earlier than it did. But such is, such is life sometimes. Uh, so a backdoor cover is the way that the wing foot lock falls. It's sad that it had to fall that way. It's sad. Yeah, I don't think you can get mushed by a guy who didn't pick wrong last week. I'm just saying. Oh, he was 4-0 and on the pod. And so we jump into this week as we talk. After he was 4-0 and on the pod, the teaser is hot, ladies and gentlemen. The teaser of the week that he's been giving you, the two-team teaser, is, I believe, 3-0 and uh, in yep. the last three weeks. Chris, you, just, you just passed me the baton, man. I'm, I'm just the next guy up. And so Greg is ready to step up this week with yet another teaser, and that starts tonight on Thursday night. Greg, why don't you uh, why don't you tell everybody who you like this week? I, I can't imagine who you would like in Thursday night uh, as the Eagles are hosting the Giants. Right now the number is at Eagles minus five. Um, go ahead. Go out on this limb. Genuine apology, Chris. I won't do that again. Um, you have my word. Uh, but moving on. Uh, yeah, go uh, birds. So basically, they're going to be the front end. Uh, don't have the moxie to lay five points, right? I'm not a, a blind fan. I don't think the Eagles, uh, they give me a little bit of concern just in general to be laying five points against straight up anyone uh but i like lane johnson's coming back he's been making some comments i feel like carson's play there getting back in the game i think he's he's um really i don't know why the locker room wouldn't have been with him to begin with but i think he's getting back that locker room deshaun's coming back that should be able to stress stretch the field a little bit feel like it's a little bit of a plus minus situation where Deshaun goes back, Miles Sanders goes out, right? So you get some threat by air, but you lose the ground threat. Um, but Boston Scott didn't fill in great earlier this year, but he filled in pretty well last year. Um, so I think him and Clement could get a pretty good spot start. And with Lane Johnson coming back on the right tackle, um, I, I think the lines shored up a little bit. Joe, you mentioned uh, D-tackle being out doesn't matter uh we're very deep in that position so uh i think from that side of things the eagles defense hasn't looked great but if you watch the giant offense they've got sterling shepherd coming back but i mean danny danny dimes uh has looked like i mean he's looked worse than baker mayfield so far this year so i don't think uh, yeah yeah, that's right. We picked against Baker Mayfield last week. We we're did. picking against Danny Danny Dimes this week because he, he is not putting up anything. He's looked terrible. That team is no good. Uh, so I just – I think in this situation, this is where the team starts to – I don't want to say roll, uh, but I think the Eagles start to get some folks back, and I think they start to, to right the ship. I, I think you had mentioned that – You've got your own opinions on this game. Yeah, so, so I mean, in the in the spirit of the final presidential debate, I will now tell you why you are wrong. Um, <laughs> well, the obviously, so I'm not going to hide behind uh, six and a half points, which you want to take on a, on a tease in this, and and I won't go against you, uh, even if I you took. Want, you want a crossfire bet? You got it. <laughs> Don't me into it. At Eagles plus one and a half? I'm, uh, no, I, I won't take that. No, 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 we'll lay the five. But, five is good. Okay, we're yeah. going to take... Oh, at five! The guy was saying four and yeah. a half before. Before the yeah, pod. He's, he's feeling brazen now that we're in here. Showtime, the lights go on. I'll it, take the this, five. This, by the way... 
I, I enjoyed plugging beers on this podcast, yes. and I did pumpkins earlier. I'm a little pumpkined out, I'm not going to lie, but the Sloop Juice Bomb, and I think it's up there in New York, uh, your way. This is Eagles winning juice, and we're going to talk about uh, some juju for the games. The Eagles win when I drink this. Uh, so you've had it once this season? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> last, last year. Last oh. year and two, two years ago when... Uh, the, the Bears, uh, there was a bear situation, and, and uh, it, it was a good day. Uh, so somebody who says that they don't believe in superstition is now telling me about the the Eagles winning juice that is a an IPA and the correlation there. Oh, my goodness. Let's, let's get to actual football. While I love the plug for the beers, let's get to actual football here. So, sorry, I thought we were just playing movie movie clips and oh, stuff this week. Touche, touche. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, so the yes, you are right. The Giants' offense has struggled; it hasn't looked very good. Uh, but let's talk about the Eagles. Carson Wentz has turned the ball over multiple times, and I believe every game this season. And they have, and they have been putting up points. I guess coming back from behind again. Let's not forget last week against the Ravens, he threw a pick that went right through the guy's hands. Which that comeback never happens if that pick, if that guy just simply catches a ball that is thrown to him better than Carson Wentz has thrown to any of his receivers all season long. Now. Granted, he hasn't had a ton of receivers to work with, given the injuries that have been there, and they're pulling guys off the street. But we didn't even mention no Miles. You mentioned no Miles Sanders for this one. No Zach Ertz either. They're down to their third string at tight end, and I think that the Giants' defense has been overlooked and a little bit underrated. They played some good offenses. A lot of people are making a big deal about the schedule that the Eagles have played over the last three. They played the 49ers, again, which we don't know where the 49ers are. They were very banged up in that game. Um... And they had Jimmy, you know, the the next week they get blown out when Jimmy G comes back against Miami. Then they beat the Rams. I don't know what the San Francisco 49ers are at this point in the season. They played the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was a bit of a shootout. And then they played the Ravens, which until the end of that game wasn't really a game at all. And the Ravens made the play they needed to to win it. So I, I don't think that... And the Giants played... Some of these teams, right? They played the Pittsburgh Steelers the first game of the season, contributing to their low numbers. And they had a new head coach. They have a new head coach. We talked about in the beginning of the season that it's going to take a little bit of time for some of these new head coaches to figure things out, to get their team on the same page. The other thing is, Darius Slayton went out in that game against the Red uh, against the Washington football team. They were doing it. Not, not on the injury report. He is playing... What do you mean he's not on the injury report? He's not on the injury no, report. No, he's playing tonight. Yeah, he is playing mm-hmm. tonight. And they're getting Sterling Shepard back. So Daniel Jones getting a little, who hasn't played since week two. They've played the Bears defense, which is a good defense. They've played the Steelers defense, which is a good defense. You know, say what you want. They won the game against Washington, only putting up uh, 20 points. And I think that this game is... Their offense only put up 13 points. There was a pick six. You're right, 100%. And why can't they get one of those tonight? I think Carson Wentz has been... Has, Carson Wentz is not Kyle Allen. Oh, man. How many... I th- I, we know Carson Wentz has more turnovers this season than Kyle Allen. That's, that's you know, undisputed. 
I mean, Carson Wentz is not taking care of the ball. And neither neither is Daniel Jones. I will give you that fully. I think that the offense of the Eagles is just a little better than the offense of the Giants. But I think the Giants' defense is better than that of the Eagles. And I think that they are going to keep this one close. So... At five points, you and me, we have a head-to-head. Uh, I believe you were down three-one on the season in our head-to-head picks. So, indeed, I will roll with the. Indeed. I'll take the points with the Giants. You're not going to take it for yourself. This is just our friendly, our friendly uh, stat keeping that we're doing here. Yeah, the the tease is live though. Plus one and a half equals six and a half point tease. That's six. The, that's the play as of Thursday. We're taping early this week. Right now, you want to do six and a half, and I'll let you know the reason for that because of the back end when we get there. Okay, so we will pause on the second half of that tease. you got to stay with us. we give you the first half of the tease in the beginning, and then we'll make you wait for the second half of the tease, which, again, has yeah. been pretty hot as of late. You like that? That's what we, we, we in the business we, call we tease. We tease the tease, Joe. Oh, yeah, that's a double tease. We double down on the tease. I love it. All right, so with that, let's get to some of the games we actually like with the numbers that are out there this week. Greg, this game has been flexed into prime time. Seattle minus three, heading to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, who just look like world beaters against the Cowboys. Oh, Our yeah. one loss of the week last week. Uh, Kyler Murray th- completed 36% of his passes, I think you said in that one. 37.5. 37.5% of his passes in a 28-point win, a game where it looked like the Cowboys didn't come out of the locker room, and then there's turmoil in Dallas coming out of that. So uh, they go into this one against the Seahawks, who are coming off their bye. Uh, there's something, though, that, that caught your attention about the injury report coming off the bye. What are you looking at, Greg? So basically, this is conditional that you want to you want to wait a little bit. It's Thursday. We still have Friday practice. We want to learn a little bit more. Let me throw the exact names at you here. Uh, Dwayne Brown, Brandon Shell, and Mike Ayupati. Uh, there's also Damian Lewis, who's a rookie. So I'm not really all that concerned about him. Uh, the Ayupati injury report. I didn't have an update like recently. Um, so he might be all set, but I want at least two of these guys starting. Um, so if all three of them are out, I'll probably stay away, uh, cause it's a division, uh, game on the road. Uh, but I am not impressed with the Arizona, um, win 38 to 10 at Dallas agreed tough situation, but like, Watching that game, I hedged immediately. I mean, immediately on the Cardinals because just looking at Dallas's offensive line and what was going on there it was just it was abysmal. Um, was that after so the first I, Zeke fumble or second Zeke fumble that you hedged that? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't recall, but I went to bed at, at fourteen nothing. So I hedged and then I went to bed because it was just not worth watching. I I, I didn't think. Um, so I, I think this is similar to the. I'll just go back to last week in a similar handicap, right? So Browns look good against everyone else, and then you get to the big boys in your division. Granted, the Cardinals played well against the Niners at the beginning of the year. 
not really sure what to think about the Niners at this point. I feel like they've been pretty hot and cold, and uh, they were pretty healthy when the the Cardinals beat them. Um, but just in in general, right? Like, so you smoke the Cowboys, but your quarterback is thirty eight percent. Like, if your th- quarterback is thirty eight percent, like he could. I don't even know how to mine for this type of data. Like, what's the record with that? It's probably like one and a thousand in that in that stat. Science. That it's math and science. <laughs> STEM. We believe in STEM yeah. education here. Yeah. So this is just a guess, but I'm guessing that stat is when quarterbacks are 38 percent. There's one win, which was against Cowboys last week, and then 375 losses. Um, so Seattle looks good. They're coming uh, short rest for Arizona. After all that travel, right? They get to go home, but now they're on short rest. The the, the Sunday. Well, all that travel. Was, they went to Dallas. It wasn't that far. No, no, no. That was the third straight road game. Oh, on right, Remember, three games on the week. Yeah, back yep. and forth. So then uh, now they're back, um, and obviously that that travel piece didn't help us against Dallas, but Dallas didn't really show up. Uh, and just you know, you got Seattle off the bye coming in. We're going to check if the offensive line is healthy. Uh, I don't know what the over is in this game. Uh, I'm only going to officially say, uh, yeah, that's that. Um, 56 is ridiculous, but it makes a lot of sense. So I'm only officially going to do minus three, and I I got it at minus 125. So I think I've seen a lot of three and a halfs out there. Uh, but obviously, three is the number that we want if we got to pay 125 to get it. I'm going to grab it. It's 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 square-ish, right? Uh, with Seattle, um, you know, picking on them, and we won't use the term that we we hate people using. But again, Russ looks good. Kyler Murray at 38 percent does not. Right, so I I don't think Seattle's defense is going to be the reason why they win this game. I think they're gonna they're gonna load it up and challenge that fifty six over under, uh, and I think Seattle's going to win. You know, I don't know what you did um, to your uh, webcam while during the course of this, probably from your laughter, but uh, um, basically, you know, your beautiful mug is just peeking out over the edge there. No, it's just that we got to tilt down a little bit. I was so distracted by just seeing your eyes like a Dilbert cartoon um, <laughs> that I lost the second half of that handicap. I'm just kidding. I listen. I hang on every word that you say, Greg. Um, it was, yeah, I, I, I can't argue with you. Seattle, I, it's like they go away for a week and you forget how good they are because they were, I mean, they've won every game that they, they've had to win. They they have looked good on the road in bad spots, you know, thinking about going down to Miami, which looks like a, a decent team right now after their last two blowout victories. Um, and... And Seattle, their offense is is just is loaded with playmakers. Um, I think they're a well coached team, um, and and they're getting them in a bad spot. You know, the the Cardinals have an interesting run against the. 49ers. They've been really good the last couple of years against the 49ers. They up well against the Niners, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it's definitely something that you kind of take with a grain of salt in that win uh, way back in, in week one. And you said it again, you know, you 56 and a half, I would lean, I would lean the under uh, in that one just because it's so many points. A division game, you figure, is just going to be a little bit tighter. 
um, in, in what they're going to do there. And again, if they're only completing 38% of their passes, they had, I think, a 70-yard run for one of their touchdowns in that. They had the short field from Zeke that they turned in like was a, a one-yard line. There were a lot of things that led to those 38 points for the Cardinals last week. And if you're going to hit a 56-point number, you need that. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks make those mistakes the way the right. Cowboys do. So I, I actually kind of like the under um, in that one if we're looking at taking a total. But, yeah, I'm with you. It, it has all of the feelings of last week's game where we were talking about a team in Cleveland that was a little bit overhyped. Um, and I think two weeks to plan for Kyler Murray is going to be nice for Pete Carroll uh, and that defense will be ready for his mobility in there. Anything else you want to add before we move on from that one, Greg? Nope, good to go. Let's keep going. The Tennessee Titans, they were our better beware game of the week, and it took overtime for them to beat the Houston Texans. Uh, they come into this one in a matchup of undefeated hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, both teams at 5-0 and now. Tennessee has moved from a one-and-a-half-point dog to a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now. The total sits at 50-and-a-half. Greg, you like the Titans in this one. You have, you've been all on the Titans bandwagon this season uh, after their run last year. Tell me why you like them here and why. Yeah, right. How about I'm nothing if not adaptable, right? So, I mean, when, when you're right, you're right, Joe. Uh, but, I mean – Coach and quarterback, right? You you got Vrabel out there making savvy Belichickian like plays there, messing around with the clock and uh, really just manipulating parts of the game that um, other people don't do. And Tannehill, like, I it, it I feel like I'm on the Tannehill bandwagon before, not before. I mean, it's rolling, but I feel like many people still haven't jumped on board. I mean, the guy, the sample size is now legit. Why is yeah, that? I mean, he Why was, does the guy get no respect? The, the <laughs> I don't know. People are people are slow to jump on board, but uh, so there's there's two parts to this. Um, so number one, I'm seeing it minus one. Um, so minus one fifteen. So you only have to pay the extra. It's one twenty five just to go money line, and I'm gonna do that. Uh, and actually, I just jumped up to 51, which is annoying for the over-under because I'm going over. So so from, from this side of things, I think you're looking at two defenses that, based on last year's reputation, were really staunch defenses. And they really kind of kept the ball on the ground. And you had Duck Hodges and whoever else trotted out there as quarterback for Pittsburgh last year that just ground and pound and tried to, you know, play good defense and win the game that way. I mean, but I mean, if you're watching the Pittsburgh games, we had the Titans over last week and, you know, they only scored like what, 73, 75, something ridiculous. That was insane. We had the team over and the total over. Yeah, 27 and a half in that two-point convert. I was like so nervous there when it was 27 and they went for two. I was like, why are you doing this to me? They get to 29, and then they tack on another 10-plus points for good measure. Yeah, you were in the third uh, quarter, and you were sweating the over on, on that. I remember that. I was like, we've got a quarter and a, a little bit to play here. Yeah, so it, so from that side, and just Pitt, Pittsburgh D, um, it, it's I'm not saying it's a bad defense, right? But Devin Bush is out. That's that's a significant hit, uh, and you know ultimately when it comes down to it, they're they're certainly still in the top half. But just look at the numbers that are being put up there. Unless you're Cleveland uh, and you're Baker Mayfield, and you can't beat the big boys. So uh, I think this will be 
number one, this is my my most attractive game to watch. I'm looking forward to it uh, because I, I want to see how Tannehill shows up. Uh, I learned from our conversation last week. I wanted to go back and figure out who each team has actually beat since right. the battle of the unbeaten. They both beat a bunch of terrible teams. So like th- there's nothing to really gain from that. Um, but I, Oh, I, like I, the, the Eagles beach. and the giants, the two terrible teams playing tonight for Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, listen, I didn't say the Eagles were good. I just said that they were better than the giants. Fair enough. Um, and and I do think, you know, for, as far as Tennessee being at home, Pittsburgh tends to play better at home. Um, so this might be a different story. I might not be going with Tennessee. But right now the quarterbacks are both playing well. Uh, running back, I think you got advantage Tennessee skills position. I think Tennessee's got a little bit of an edge there. We'll see if Deontay Johnson's healthy and if uh, Claypool can keep it up. Um, but I'm, I'm just – I'm on the Titans bandwagon here, and I do think it's going to just be back and forth with scoring because neither neither team is really shown to stop the other, and, and each team has a potent offense. I know that they were playing the Houston Texans last week and that the Texans' defense is uh, not a vaunted defense by any means. But yep. when they came at, right down the field and scored after – Houston tried to put that game away uh, by going for two to go up nine, and they scored with four seconds left. I I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it, man. I have mixed feelings on that there because the team shouldn't come down and score the touchdown anyway with the time they had left. I think there was a minute ten or something like that left on the clock when they did it. That that A.J. Brown touchdown, I thought, I mean, it could have went either way. I think because yeah. it was called on the field uh, a touchdown that it stayed that way. And I, I was just so impressed with Ryan Tannehill in that two-minute drill. And I told you, A.J. Brown, he, I was big on him in week one starting the season. I said, this guy's going to have an unbelievable season. He came back. He's been back for the last two weeks. And he has had monster games for them, both against the Bills and against Houston last week. Um, but to, to have that composure and that confidence in a two-minute drill, in a one-minute drill, really, to lead your team down the field uh, is just is is just what you look for in a quarterback that's going to win you ballgames. The one thing that concerns me about Tennessee this year is their defense. I mean, we talked about them, their reputation like last week, maybe two weeks ago, was a team that was going to grind it out, that their defense was going to keep you in games. There are some major holes in that defense right now, and there are issues going on that they need to work out, um, giving up just too many points. I think part of that, when we look at the last couple weeks, has to do with the whole COVID-19, them not being able to practice, uh, and I think some guys in, in new spots this season. So they might be able to work that out. I think time helps them, obviously, with the conditioning and all the issues that they've had to deal with there but I I mean I just can't say enough about that offense and what they've been able to do and they were down oh and now his name just jumped out of my head who's their second their second wide receiver who was their main wide receiver before he went Davis thank you Corey Davis was not in the last two weeks so I mean AJ Brown has been stepping up and and uh uh, Jonu Smith has done a nice job listen they got talent uh, across the board let's talk about Pittsburgh for a second right I think you said that neither of these teams have played really anybody I think Pittsburgh has had the easier of the two schedules when you look at them based on the situations that Tennessee has had to play in. So going to Denver, we said week one, uh, coming back on a short week to play a division 
uh, foe in week two, and then have, having to deal with all the COVID concerns. The one spot where I think they played their best game was against the Bills, uh, but then coming back on a short week to play Houston, they managed to win that game, which a lot of teams wouldn't do uh, because they're playing on Tuesday and then playing on Sunday. We said it was one of the worst spots we've ever seen. They still managed yeah. to get the win there. Now they get a full week to rest and recover. They get to reevaluate things here. And for that reason, I think that they have had the most difficult spot of all of these teams here, uh, of either of these teams. And so I'm with you on, on Tennessee in this one, um, especially we're just talking about outright here to to win the game and they have home field advantage. I don't think they're getting getting the respect they deserve. I think Pittsburgh is a national team, and I think you're getting some value right now if you roll with the Tennessee Titans this week. Now, uh, you already touched on the over. So with that, let's go to our better beware game of the week. Okay, this week, the Los Angeles Chargers are minus seven against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seven-point favorites for a rookie quarterback— and I got an issue with that. I know that the Jaguars have not looked like the team they were in week one against the Colts, and I know they had some issues there. And I know that Justin Herbert and the Chargers, the last time we saw them, took Drew Brees and company right down to the wire in New Orleans. But I just don't think that this team is ready to be seven-point favorites against anybody in the league. Now, I think it, it, it's a long step from coming close as an underdog to blowing a team out. And I think that's the situation that they need to get to. I think there's still... Uh, there are still some issues. He missed some throws. For everybody who was talking about how great he played uh, against New Orleans, I mean, it was a blown coverage that left Mike Williams open for a huge touchdown. Another ridiculous catch by Mike Williams on the other yep. sideline uh, that that really swung the game toward the Chargers in that one. And they still weren't able to shut down the Saints. Now, look, we know about the Saints in October. We know about Drew Brees and what he's done over the course of his career. That offense is still not what it was a couple years ago. I still think that you, Drew Brees has to prove that he can stretch the field, and he's going to do what whatever you're going to give him to win the game. So I, I don't take that away from him. I think it's just a long step for them to go and be seven-point favorites here. And look, eventually a team gets a little bit tired of losing. I think the Jaguars have been competitive in some of these games, and I don't think they're tanking um, the way a lot of people were saying earlier on this season. So even if it's a backdoor cover, I think if you're going to lay seven points with the Chargers, you just better watch out. And when it comes to coach, we know about Anthony Lynn might be one of the worst coaches in the league, so do I really want him as a seven-point favorite um, when it comes down to that one? That's my take for the Better Beware Game of the Week. What do you think, Greg? Jacksonville just appears to be littered with injuries, so I would just need some more information over the next two days. I, there, I'm looking at like a laundry list here um, on an already limited roster, and one of the issues is a little bit of potential cluster injuries at wide receiver. Um, so we'll, I, I don't disagree with you, right, with, with anything that you said, but I also want to check into the health of the Jags there um, to just more whether or not I would jump on board with the other side. 
And again, when we say the better beware, it's not necessarily that we're going to say jump on board the other side, but it's just one that I think is going to be very public. It's going to be a very square play of the week, right, to, to see that out there. And and just be ready to sweat that one out uh, if you do end up going with the Chargers in that one. Again, it is Thursday that we're recording on. Usually we record a little later in the week. So a lot of the injuries still up in the air this week. Uh, definitely something that you want to pay attention to. Go ahead, Greg. I'm going to... I'm going to derail you a little bit here because I meant to mention this earlier and uh, because we don't have a rule against this, I'm throwing it out there. Zach Ertz, his last three games, 48 yards, 33 yards, nine yards, six yards. So when you mentioned that as one of the, uh, one of the injuries for the Eagles, like I should care, uh, you, you know, Richard, Richard Rogers just needs, you know, to, to fall down nine yards down the field and catch two passes, and he's as productive as Zach Ertz, who wants like thirteen million dollars. But come on, that's such that's but that's such a square take, and you know that because nope. you well, know it is because you know he that were, he's not going to get the he same were, attention that Zach Ertz if, gets. If he were any good, he'd be able to get open. But he's facing double coverage. It's like saying Andomikin's... Uh, no, he's not. They, they've got Folgatron. <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy if you don't Ertz think they're a better team with Zach Ertz. They line the guy up at wide receiver, man. Yeah, but they've been in garbage time two of those last three games. He can't even get yardage in garbage time. But he takes the attention. You know he he is the number one wide receiver on that team and gets the attention of the best players on the team, on the opposing team, and that opens uh, things up for other guys. Well, you know what? We'll don't, s- don't pay. It's it's Dallas Goddard time. We'll see. We'll see. Well, who's not healthy either? So pay yeah, another we'll tight end who's not healthy. Man, no, we're not we're not paying him. He's yeah. still on a rookie contract. Right. Not yet, but eventually you will. Anyway, we'll see. I agree. I, I don't know. We saw it with George Kittle, right? He's he he was injured a, a portion of the season already. Tight end is a, a position that beats you up, especially when you, you play it the way those guys do. Uh you gotta be careful and protect your investments over there. But if they're not playing that way, then you don't want to pay him the money anyway. The double edged sword right. that exists there. So right. l- listen. Sorry, I just uh, I just had to kick a guy while he was down, but I'm, I'm, I, I was looking into that when you were mentioning it, and I forgot to, to put it in there, so I had to go back. Uh, but I do it was love a fun, it was a fun fact, Joe. I do love you talking smack about Zach Ertz and the Philadelphia Eagles, and and as you said, kicking him when he's down. So you know, I mean, there's. That's not a bad opportunity to take advantage of. So I'll let you, anytime you want to tell me about how bad the Eagles players are, I'm happy for you to wax poetically I, about that. I didn't say he was bad. I just didn't say that, number one, I would extend him, and number two, that we'll be missing his 48 yards, averaging 16 yards per game over the last three All right, games. listen, while I love this, I promise you no one else listening cares about this anymore. You, you gave them the pick on the game. That's all they wanted to hear from you on that subject. They didn't even want to watch the game tonight, but now they might have to. Oh, and you know what? Since we're going to make them watch the game, let's end the misery right now and talk about the second half of the teaser that you want to give them because they got to get this in. Uh, I'm looking at here. It's almost kickoff time. Yeah, 7.44, yeah. So So we got to go Saints in October. Yeah, so we just talked about the New Orleans Saints right now. They are seven-point favorites as they host the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Panthers coming off their loss against the Chicago Bears at home. 
tell me why you like the the Saints in this one. Yeah, well, number one, coming off the bye, right, playing at home. Uh, we were kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, joking about Carolina being better without Christian McCaffrey last week, and we were all over the Bears, and that, that ended up being the case. Um, but essentially, you know, they had a, a couple of spunky little wins, but that you know, doesn't really make them a much better football team. And the Saints, not that they're world beaters, right? But give them a healthy Michael Thomas, right? You give them a week of rest. They're preparing for the divisional foe coming in. Uh, and I just need it to win. That's, this is why we're going six and a half, by the way, uh, because any win, right? One point, two point, whatever, um, ends up getting it done, right? So let, last time I covered, we had them at two and a half and they won by three, right? So we get the W there. So don't leave those always go with a crooked number, uh, right? Go to that six and a half points instead of doing a straight up six point tease, shop it around, figure out a place that'll give it to you at six and a half. Um, but, you know, I mean, for all the talk about quote unquote Drew Brees noodle arm and everything like that, like the guy, the guy makes it happen. Um, and Alvin Kamara gets some rest. Murray Sanders is starting to look like he actually fits in. I, I think people were right. giving Emmanuel Sanders a pretty hard time about not fitting in, but you know, kind of changing, changing those offenses. And the I'm guy's sure been with three teams, well. three teams in the last two years. You know, you try uh, learning a p- playbook. And, yeah. Um, so you get your full accoutrement. Although the one thing that I will did bring you up just is, say. Accoutrement. You yeah. get your full accoutrement. <laughs> well, and Michael Thomas better get his butt back onto the field because I'm seeing a little, little chatter about him having a hammy industry. Like, shut up, dude. Go play. He's been out since week one. His, his stats are worse than Zach Ertz this year. <laughs> All right. So, so the one I want thing- Michael Thomas there, but you can't wait. You got to grab it before the Thursday night game. This is a perfect situation that we can sprinkle the Eagles game in with the, the Saints game here. Um, and if we eke one out with the Eagles tonight, right, I feel great about this going into the Saints on Sunday. If we eke one out. All right, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put the, the doubt and the question into everybody here because I, I don't know what the heck we're seeing from the Saints secondary this season. They have looked absolutely lost at times out there. And I know they were in, in one of the games, I think they were missing a couple, but Marsh, I mean, Marshall and Lattimore made a huge tackle to end that game uh, against, that was filthy. Yeah, against the Chargers, which was, I was like, if his head and it was in every play like that, and he was playing at that level of intensity, we've seen the guy be unstoppable. We've seen him be one of the best shutdown corners in the league. But this team has been plagued by defensive pass interference penalties and just missed assignments. We saw that on another Michael Williams catch where he just waltzed into the end zone. So the one thing that I, I just point out there is the fact that they, the Carolina Panthers, look poised to take advantage of that with the style of play that they've had this season, with Robbie Anderson taking shots downfield um, with DJ Moore. So I, I do question that, and obviously Teddy Bridgewater extending plays a little bit, but still looking down the field. So... I think you have to be a little bit careful with that um, out there, and definitely why I don't I don't like it at seven. I would stay away from the Saints at seven. Um, if I if you force me to pick a side at seven, I'm probably going to go with the Panthers at that. Because while I do think the Saints will win the game, you're not you know I, until you beat the Saints on the road in New Orleans, it's it's something that I'm still going to trust. And and you mentioned 
I Drew Brees and and Sean Payton are just a dynamic duo together over there. It's like they have one mind. So, um, and we haven't even talked about Alvin Kamara, right? I mean, he Kamara, Kamara. You say potato, I say potato. The guys, the guys, unbelievable. So, uh, it is it is something that I would definitely stay away from at the seven. But you know, if if it Saints October and death and taxes, those are the only sure things uh, that we know in life. So. Uh, we'll go with the Saints. That two-team tease starts tonight. Go put it in Philadelphia and New Orleans for Greg's tease of the week. Uh, I'll take the Giants plus the points. All right, moving on to our last game. Load up. Load up. <laughs> moving on to our last game of, of the evening. We are talking about the Chicago Bears playing in the mon- their Monday night, correct, Greg? Yep. Monday night right. on the road taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Right now the Bears are getting six points in this one. Speaking of getting no respect, how do the Chicago Bears, who have one loss on the season, go on the go go against any team right now with the defense that they have as six point underdogs? I haven't been very impressed with the Rams offense overall. We saw them struggle, obviously, against San Francisco last week. Uh, and they've beaten up on NFC East teams, which we have established in this podcast are not yes. good teams. So the fact that the Bears are going on the on the road and getting six points in this one, I love that. Um, I think that Nick Foles plays his best football when the lights are brightest. I think that the defense of Chicago will keep them in any game, prevents them from getting blown out. Uh, and I think for that reason, this one is going to be a very competitive game. Uh, and I say take the points with the Bears because you're getting great value here. What do you think? Why do you see, Greg, why do you see the Rams as six-point favorites in this one? So that's the only thing, you know... Things that you can't explain, um, you know, they give me a little bit of pause here, right? Because the the records, right? I, like I can't really figure it out. I, I I literally have no explanation for it. And you talk about like you look at these two teams, they beat Tampa, right? I mean, you now granted, like I I just think Chicago is like. A, kind of a they want to muck up the game right they want it to be a low scoring knockdown drag out defense and there's no feasible reason why the Rams who have only those are their only wins right they've only beat the NFC East and they beat them all and we all know that those are not good teams they right. went into Buffalo they were abysmal they put up points against a prevent defense 28 to 3 right and came back and then they got smacked in the mouth against the reeling niners um which that's not a big travel right going from some southern california up to the bay area i mean that's that's like pittsburgh to philly right so from from that side of things uh i, I can't explain the points uh that sometimes would give you pause i'm not going to be i'm not going to be uh threatened by it because i haven't been super impressed with nick Foles and nothing that chicago's done i think this is public perception right like the rams wins have been pretty good wins right the 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 bears just kind of mucked up some games they played against the colts they lost there that was a big game for them but they only lost by eight points right um so i you know I like the 
you know, there's nothing about the situation, but the football team. I don't, I, I don't know how much they look like a five and one team. But right. To, well, to getting six points, it's 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 nice. So let's look at this because we talked about we wanted to look at who teams have beat so far this season. And last week we were saying there's a lot of bad teams in the league. But when you look at the Bears and who they've played, I mean, look, yes, they've they've beaten the Giants, but they. Uh, and let's not forget, they also had a quarterback change. In their last two games, they beat the Panthers on the road, right? And they beat the Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football. And yep. that Bucks team just went and rolled the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay. Who, yep. were coming off, who were coming off extra rest, right? They had the bye week. So, you know, you look at that, and they played a solid... Uh, the last three games have been against the Colts, the Bucks, and the Panthers. Before that was the comeback against the Falcons. Uh, they've got the Giants, and they opened Week One against the Lions in a game where they had to come back. Again, those first two games, Mitchell Trubisky was was their quarterback, and I think you have a, a lot more faith in in Nick Foles. So uh, I think when you look at the competition that they've played, they've definitely played a tougher schedule so far this season than. The Rams have, and I think the Rams look. It, it, they're still a, a sexy team. They're in LA. They they have you know that McVeigh was the wonder kid coach when he led them to the Super Bowl, and and they have names like um, obviously when why can't I think of the best Aaron Donald? Jesus, the best freaking <laughs> defensive lineman in the league, and Jalen Ramsey, and you know, and 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 they throw the heck out of the ball. But I, I think that team is 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 flawed. I think they have a lot of issues. Um, and I think we're going to start to see it exposed down the stretch. The interesting point to me, and Greg, I don't know what you think about this, but this is the time of year especially we like to look at the schedules. The next two games for the Saint, uh, for the Bears after this one, the Saints, uh, they get the Saints at home, which I think favors them, and then the Titans on the road. So this is a pretty tough three-game stretch. I mean, when you look at these last five games, you get the Buccaneers, you get on the road against the Panthers, on the road against the Rams, come back home for the Saints, and then the Titans. This is a five-game stretch where if they come out of this and you're seeing them at, at let's say, even if they come out at 7-2, and two, you got to think highly. you got to think really highly about this Bears team uh, going down the stretch. So, since, since you seem to have it right in front of you, who yeah. do the Rams have next week? Do uh, you know that? i got to pull it up ah. in front of yeah, Dolphins. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, so don't... No, no look. No real look ahead for either team. No, like divisional. It's not like the Packers next week for Chicago, and they might right. be looking ahead. And, right. And it's not like Seattle next week for for the Rams. And so they're that, coming. I, they're coming off that game, right? The Rams yeah. are coming yep. off that game that if they were looking ahead to a game, it was against the 49ers last week, and they they just yep. laid an egg in that one. So. Um, so. You see what I'm doing here? Oh yeah, I love a little sprinkle on the money line. Yeah, man. Why Bears, not? Bears money you're, line. You're, you're probably plus, what two thirty, two fifty. It's plus two hundred only. Uh, which is, yeah, which is wacky. But wow. Still, you, get, you get plus two hundred on you know whatever call it a coin flip game. Why the, not? Like uh, the Giants just but in all, just to put this into perspective earlier, I know it went down closer to kickoff. I think it ended at like 205, 215 maybe, but the Giants at one point were at four and a half points for plus 230. Yeah, uh, I got it at plus one, 199 at five. Is so what, it, it's, it, it's, what it kicked off at. Okay, so it's about the same. You're getting an extra point in there. That's what hasn't kicked off yet, Joe. We got, we got 20 minutes. About, minutes. about to kick off. Sorry. About yeah, to kick off. Yes. yes, sir. So let's recap one yeah. more time for everybody so Getting that they hyped. can Getting go. Getting hyped. I got my, 
my juice bombs. There you go. Go get your teas in for the week, everybody, because Greg Hoyle has given you his teas of the week, as always. Uh, this week, he is rolling with Philly, plus one and a half, and the New Orleans Saints, uh, minus one and a half. Is what he likes a in half. there. Minus a half. I'm sorry. I blew that one there. Seattle. Seattle minus three. Uh, Tennessee minus one and a half. Over 50 and a half. And the better beware game of the week is the Chargers minus seven. And then, of course, we just wrapped it for you. The Chicago Bears getting six points on Monday night football against the Rams. Greg. It's been a great, great start to week seven. I like getting this done early in the week. Yeah, man, we can put our put our feet up here and uh, get some early wins. There we go. So enjoy the game, enjoy the debate, enjoy the World Series in between now and then. It's week seven. We've almost made it to the halfway point. Don't forget to check out the Wingfoot Lock. Chris said he's ready to start a new streak this week. Uh, definitely, they're messing with him with the picks. I'm telling you, the Oakland Raiders going into uh, going into COVID nineteen. Uh, concerns has definitely thrown him for a little bit of a loop, but he says he's ready to get back on track. For Chris Portente, Greg Coyle, Joe Masiri, that's me. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Wing Foot Locks. And don't forget, everyone, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the game. I'm very excited.